Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thanks for listening to the Young Pros Talk Podcast. This is episode 11. Um, life before comedy, life during comedy. Life, I haven't really figured out the title yet, but I have my buddy <laughs> Harris Nadim here. And um, he is doing this comedy thing full time. At least he's trying mm-hmm. to. Yeah. You know? So we're going to talk about his life. We're going to talk about comedy. We're going to talk about if we're going to actually both do a show tomorrow because I do a little bit of comedy myself whenever i um, he he tells me to come to a spot and then doesn't show up. So <laughs> that happened one time. <laughs> so uh, what's going on, man? How's everything? Ah, not too bad, man. Uh, how's life with you? Life is good. Finally, get a weekend to like chill I out. I forgot your show was called The Young Pros Talk. I was like, I don't know if I'm young or a pro, but I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here. you know, was, I was trying to get somebody on for an episode, and um, it was a connection through uh, a friend. So she's uh-huh. like. If we're using Instagram or uh, not Instagram, LinkedIn, it's like your third <laughs> connection or something shit, right? Right, right. And um, so I was emailing her and she was like, is is the podcast name Young Bros Talk? And oh, I was like, no, no, actually she said Real Bros. Is the podcast Real Bros Talk? And I was like, no, it's, it's Young Bros Talk. Yeah. But I like Real Bros Talk too. Like I might be... One of the next podcasts. Yeah, I, uh, it sounds like more of a sports podcast, yeah, probably. But you know, real bros, because only real bros uh, talk about that kind of shit, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah man. So, uh, but good to see you, man. You too, man. How's everything, man? I know. How long has it been since you so started to? Um, since I quit my job, it's been uh, <laughs> it's been almost two months now. So just under, so like two months, man. Yeah. And I remember when you were telling me about it, you were talking about you were like, I'm gonna do it. Uh-huh. And then you were like, I was like, cool, what's the time frame? And you were like, May or some shit. And well, then like the next week you were like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, um I, I worked for eight years, like straight out of school, so it's kind of weird to f- decide on a timeline. You know, a lot of people, including myself, kind of just wait around kind of you know, to get discovered or some sort of magic sign and right. then you kinda come to this realization that there is no such thing and you just have to right. do it yourself. So um um, I consulted a bunch of people that know me because right, I right. was like, you know, you don't want to make a rash decision and you want people right. to give you some advice, um, right. to kind of maybe suggest things that you might not have thought of. And one of my friends told me, Hey, like, why would you quit in the middle of winter? Like wait till summer. <laughs> it'll right. be, it'll be funner. The sun will be out. You'll be happier. You won't get depressed and miserable in the winter. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Right. Um, so I kind of have set, had set the target to, um, start the whole comedy thing in april but then uh i don't know man i i I just felt like i was delaying it for no reason and like my internal dialogue was just like pushing at me so i was like all right you know what there's no reason to delay it i may as well just start now um i'm gonna suffer in the beginning regardless of when i do this right right so 
may as well suffer now and mm. uh, maybe enjoy the summer a little bit better and maybe have an idea of kind of what I'm doing at that point. Right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's good, man. Most people don't quit their jobs to to start their dreams, man. You know? like uh, yeah. it's a, Plus, it's so hard because of the necessity of consistent income. That's you know? true. You know, so yeah. it's like... Do I do this the uh, societal way and get a job, get a wife, have some kids and keep it going? Or mm-hmm. do I quit my job and yeah. try to go for my dreams because life is too short yeah. and you never know what might happen unless you try? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was kind of always on that path, too, of, you know, kind of get a house, get a wife, kind of get the kids routine. But it's something that I always was pursuing because i thought i was supposed to pursue it i never had an internal desire ever Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i think that's most people though right like uh, who knows man most people do it because like but some people must have some sort of internal dialogue that pushes them in that direction as well that's very true that's very true for me it was just like this is the logical rational thing to do um Mm -hmm. And then, because I wasn't happy, it stopped being the logical, rational thing. Right, uh, right. So I was just like, well, what's the point in doing something <clears throat> that someone else wants you to do? Just right. try doing your own thing and see what happens. You, and you, you told your parents. When did you tell your parents that this was what was happening? Um, so the way I did it, um, I, so I had kind of made up my mind mm-hmm. that I was going to do it. And then uh, I had a party at my house where I invited a bunch of people um, and then the next day after this party, I went to Montreal by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole thing was I was going to talk to my friends, kind of, you know, put myself in a good mood and then go to Montreal, just be by myself and kind of reflect on life and such. And, you know, my intention was while I was in Montreal to really think about, you know, am I going to do comedy? Right. Um, what are the things that I need to sort out before I kind of take this leap, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, so when I was in Montreal, I decided, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I was right. fairly confident. Um, and then I approached my parents to talk to them about it. I think if I had talked to them before I had made up my mind that this is a thing that I was going to do, I may have become shaken in my resolve. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, I had made up my mind. So it was like, I was, they were really supportive, which was nice and good. Um, That's good. That's and good. And lucky because... I don't know what I... I mean, I would have still done it regardless. Were you worried that they wouldn't have been supportive and told you to, to like, stick with the job you've been with for, for however many years and then continue on that path of finding that wife and that house and those kids? I didn't think they would tell me the whole wife and the kids and all that crap, but I, I was... I thought they would put up the argument that why can't you do this and work at the same time. Right, right, right. Um, which, you know... Did you consider that any time to, to try I to do? But I have been doing that, right? Ah, and like I was okay. failing. So it was like it's just gotten to the point where I would kind of take one comedy class a year, do a mm-hmm. good job, and then I'm like, all right, well, I did it. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it was like, if I was going to get serious about it, that just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured, you know, I got to just take the leap and see kind of what happens right. if I am just like forced to do this. Yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying, man. Yeah, it's something I've considered too. You yeah. know, to, with my job because I'm trying to do con- comedy too. Uh huh. Um, and um, you've done it a lot more than I have. I haven't taken any classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done a couple of shows. Yeah. And um, I mean, the shows are more important than the classes, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the class for me, like, you know, I'm a scaredy cat. So like, yeah, without the, the class, it's like, you know, you pay the money. So you're right. kind of like, okay, now I have to do it. I have to show up <clears throat> once a week to practice and then I right. have to do the show. Whereas like, you know, us comedians are kind of strange people. Right. Mm. So like, there's always, we're always bailing. <laughs> like we'll be like we're gonna do a show this day and then there's like we get more and more anxious and depressed as the day approaches and then yeah. the day happens and then you're like my god i hope my friend flops so i can flop too <laughs> right and you like, what's so funny is like i was telling people um the other day in my class um because i was taking a script writing class right and um i was like telling people yeah i'm not, I, i'm Gonna be doing this comedy show on Sunday at the at the uh, Social Capital. Yeah, um, and that was my way of saying, if I tell them I'm gonna do it and people are gonna show up, then um, I'm gonna do it then for yeah. sure. But I also had that. I hope nobody decides to show up because if right. I don't see anybody I know, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. Like I'm getting right. out of there. Right. You know. So I, I just. And it's not just you that feels that way. Like, I have other comedian friends, and myself included. Like, we all kind of behave similarly. So it's like, I don't know why that's the case, but uh, often ends up that way. Have have you been practicing, though, for this uh, show tomorrow? So I have some material that I think um, will will work. I don't know how much time. What's great about open mics is it... I don't know. I think when I did the one open mic at the Social Capital, it wasn't time. But then again, there was only like nine people there. Right. So, um, but you said, I remember you told me you were doing one one night and it was like, you were like number 26 or some shit. Yeah. So that day I didn't end up doing it. I was like number 26 and I was like, I'm not waiting this long. And I just left, which um, I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but I just, that's what I did. (laughs) But number 26, man, like how many people are doing, like how long would you have to wait? Like, I mean, me, that's five times 25, whatever the math is on that. So right. Quite a long time, like over two hours. Exactly. And then yeah. the thing is, like, I, I would prefer to do it, like, like when I did Yuck Yucks about a year back. Yeah. Um, I was, like, number three. Yeah. Which I was happy with because the... That's m- not an open mic either, though, right? That's True. That's not... That was an amateur night. night. Yeah. That was an amateur night that I signed up to do. Yeah. Which... Even though I've only done a few shows, I, yeah. I you you instantly know the difference between an open mic show and and a and a like an amateur night show. Yeah, amateur night, I imagine. Yeah, it has more energy. Like the crowd has energy. They're actually listening to what the hell you're saying. Well, they're more critical too, though. Really? How's that? Because like, where where open mic nights, people are very supportive. So if you say a shitty joke and nobody laughs, somebody's gonna support you somehow, in some way by making some noise or clapping or yeah. yada 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 yada. Right. All right. Whereas. At a show like Yuck Yucks, um, people are gonna. If you don't make them laugh, yeah. like, they're not gonna make any noise. They're not. They're just gonna that look at you. At open mics too, man. Well, it's, I, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it could be brutal, but I think I also benefited from the fact that there was only nine people there, right. and that six of those nine people went up. You know, yeah. including myself. Yeah. Whereas Yuck Yucks was like. You went to the mixed open mic, right? Like where it's uh, it's like not just comedy. The people were doing other stuff like music and stuff like that too. I think. No, I think it was all comedy. Okay, I think it was all comedy because um, I everybody I think did comedy or at least tried to do comedy. Okay, right? Like trying yeah. to do something. Like there wasn't anybody. I, I know there are other open mics where people might do singing, dancing, and right. all that other artistic shit, but. Yeah. Uh, I everybody did comedy, and then Yuck Yucks is obviously a comedy club, so it was all comedy, right? And um, that was like the most nerve wracking. And then I remember 
where I messed up, and I think I talked about this in the episode before, is like, I, I don't know. I felt like if I set the bar very low for everybody in the, in the audience, mm-hmm. that like that would, one, give me more confidence. Yeah. And two, make me funnier. Yeah. Which I think it had an effect on until the host came up after I did my set and uh-huh. like did like five minutes of jokes about how you shouldn't say you're not going to be funny in comedy. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Uh-huh. Let's, uh-huh. let's leave, you know? So, right. But I, I felt the energy was definitely different, you know, than, right. than when you did open mic. But I feel like I watched your video. I feel like you got laughs. So you thought it, it was good energy. I don't know if you, like at the time you felt it was different or. I, I think, um, <clears throat> You know what's so funny is like I wasn't even thinking about it to be honest with you. I was like trying to like get through everything I I prepared to do that night uh-huh. and like get off the stage. But once you go. get the la- like once you get the first laugh, you don't feel more comfortable. I do, right? But what happens is if you you do you get the ne- you get a laugh, right? So you get the first laugh, mm-hmm. and then the next thing is not a laugh, and then like you're right. battling with like. Laugh, no laugh, laugh, no laugh, no laugh. And you, so you're trying to figure out, it's like a high, low, all in like five minutes or some shit, you know? Right. Trying to figure out what what that feeling is like. Like you, your emotions go through from like being, oh, I'm on a high right now to like, oh, now I'm back in a low because nobody thought that shit was funny. Which I think is an issue with being, trying really? to be a comedian, man. Like, I don't know if you have the same issue, but a lot of the times I think a lot of the shit I think of is like the funniest shit. And I think, like, yeah. if I share it with other people, I'm like, it's definitely going to be funny. Uh-huh. And then when I do share it and then don't find it funny, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I got to re- rethink that one somehow. Yeah, but I mean, so long as you have the attitude that you're going to rethink it, I think that's positive, right? Like, not True. everything you think is going to be funny. Um, some things that you think might be shit, people will find funny. True, true. So it's like, you just got to take it for what it is. And um Yeah. And sometimes a thing will not work many right. times, and then it'll work. one time it'll just work. Right, right. Yeah. So it's have like, you, have you come across that where some jokes have worked consistently for you, and then depending on the set or the audience, it didn't work that night? Yeah, yeah. I've I had some. I have I have had one joke that like um, usually works, and I'm like always kind of nervous about it because. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly the the nervousness is internal. Uh, it works most of the time, but then one time it didn't work, and I was like, I knew it is the shit joke. It's like, <laughs> relax, like it didn't work today, but like the majority of the time it has worked, so it's like... Do you think it as the audience? One thing I learned about doing comedy is you have to be very aware of your audience for the night. You can't just go in yeah. and, and throw shit at everybody thinking that everybody's going to be able to, to, to relate and find that funny. That's true, yes. Um, I'm aware of that uh, phenomenon, but uh, because I'm so new to it, like, once I get up there, I'm just nervous, and my only goal yeah. is, like, don't forget the shit that you're supposed to say. Right. Um, whereas once I get a little bit more confident, and I'm like, all right, this shit is funny, it's fine, like, I can kind of get into more of a rhythm of it, and mm-hmm. then I mm-hmm. think I'll be able to kind of feel and play with the audience a bit more. Right now, it's really just, like, please... God, let them find them, me funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the easiest thing you're finding about um, your jokes when doing stand up? Like, what's the easiest thing about trying to do this comedy thing for you? What's the easiest thing? Oh my God! Is there anything easy about comedy? It's just like 
Um, I was going to say, what's the hardest, man? But I was like, let me start with the easiest first and then go. Maybe we can do the list of the hardest things about doing comedy. The easiest thing that I found is um, just the support system that I have. Like mm. all my friends, family, everybody that I know has been uh, really supportive, really nice, very encouraging, which mm. definitely helps because I don't, I mean, I think myself, I'm very, um, um, I'm pretty hard on myself, which yeah. is, you know, there's a balance of being hard on yourself because you have to, because, you know, you're writing things for other people to enjoy. So you need, you want to put a certain level of rigor into it so that it's good. Right. Um, but then you can be too hard on yourself too, right? right. Where right. you're just like, this is all shit. It's all crap. And, you know, you just kind of just lay waste upon yourself. And yeah, yeah. So to have the friends and encouragement that I have had is, uh, I think that's the, I don't know if that's easy, but that's, you know, been the most positive part. Yeah. Yeah. What's the hardest since? (laughs) Man, just the, for me, it's the, um, self doubt, I guess. Yeah. It's just, you know, being like, okay, this is funny. Like even I'm now getting to the point where I'm like, okay, these jokes, I've tried them many times. I know they're funny. It's fine. Do them confidently. But I mean, a lot of the times I'd be like, I wouldn't have the confidence that this is funny even though mm-hmm. it's worked many times. Do, do you ever start, uh, like, if it's a new joke, and I have this thing where, um, I, I'll, like, I, I swear to you, jokes come at any time, as you know. Like, we yeah. we shot the shit, and we've mm-hmm. told each other, oh, you got to write that down. That's funny, mm-hmm. right? But I, I find that when I'm thinking of a joke, if it's just me and it's late at night, which tend to be when a lot of yeah. things come to my mind, mm-hmm. is that... Um, just just the fact that you're very confident that this would be very funny mm-hmm. at that moment. Like, just the thought process, you already have the delivery in your head, and maybe um, my process is to, like, record it right away. Mm-hmm. Other people maybe write it down, and yeah. things like that. And then you try it, and then for some reason, you've now lost your confidence in, right. in, in telling that joke right. because maybe it's not going to be funny. I mean, that's the dilemma, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean... So I I'm kind of similar to you in that you know most of my stuff I I will write and try at night, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of like the Hemingway quote of like you know write drunk edit sober, so like at, <laughs> yeah. at night I'll like kind of like be in a frenzy and I'm right. a little bit more hyper for whatever reason and I'll Same kind here. of um, write most of my jokes then. Um, Steve Martin talks about this too. It's like you got to let yourself have the vomit pass, mm-hmm. which is basically like. Don't try to edit it as you go. Just like if you're feeling the flow of what you're doing, just mm-hmm. like write mm-hmm. it, do, like write it down, and then the next day during the day, because you're not maybe if you're if you since it sounds like you're like me, um, you don't feel funny during the day, right? But that's a good right. time to edit your jokes and go over them and be like, right. okay, what is the kernel here? Like, what is the funny part? Like, how can I condense <clears throat> this so that it's maybe more funny for other people? Right, right. Um, but if you try to edit as you go. And you know it's very it's very enticing to right. do that, but it's 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 not good for you. I don't think. Yeah, you I, you you edit out a lot of what could have been good material out of just self doubt or right. whatever. So I think it's important to get in the practice of just saying right. like, "Fuck it," like it doesn't matter True. if it's shit. Like it'll be shit tomorrow. Be shit. I can <laughs> yeah. I can cut it out tomorrow. It's not it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Well, I found I found that like um, that some jokes. Maybe they're not funny initially, but if you tweak it a bit yeah. and and 
build a story around it or relate it to something that people find relatable, then it became becomes much funnier. Yeah. But sometimes if you present it as like just a one liner, yeah, then it's like, you know, no, that's not that's yeah. not funny at all. Like yeah. you know. So uh how what's your before you put um before you try new jokes on the stage, like what's your process of trying to like testing out the joke before um so I write down everything because mm-hmm. um, that way it kind of locks in, into my brain and then I can kind of mm-hmm. have like a map of the jokes that I have and I can kind of see how they're connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I'll like start expanding on them. And I think one of the most important things is I'll write kind of bullet points down of jokes and I mm-hmm. kind of have an overall understanding of like, okay, this is what the joke is going to be. Um, I think it's very important to actually say it out loud to yourself right. and get into the habit of like trying to say the joke through because right. that really, um, for me, that really identifies like how clunky is it? Like what is the actual joke? Like what can I improve? Because you, when you write it down, it's a little different from when you actually say it mm-hmm. and you have to like make it unclunky almost when you start yeah, I see practicing what you're saying. it. Yeah. Yeah. You do, do you try your jokes with friends without them knowing that it's a joke that you've actually pre-written or pre-thought about? Yeah. I mean, now that, I mean, I used to do it all the time before and it was a lot easier because mm-hmm. uh, people didn't know I was trying to be a stand-up comedian yeah, so I yeah. could sneak it in more easily. Right, now right. Like, is that a bit? Like, <laughs> You're right. Yes. <laughs> but like, they've always been bits. Like, <laughs> They're all bits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had that experience too. As a matter, as a matter of fact, when I was... um. When I was in my script writing class, it was the last class on Thursday, and I did this joke about, um, like, I, I've had this bit for the longest, yeah. but I just did this bit about, like, Toronto news and yeah. the how, how safe a city Toronto is compared to other cities, especially uh-huh. from, from America. Right. And they were, like, dying. They were, like, laughing at this shit. Mm-hmm. And I literally just wrote down, dog joke, check, yeah. Yeah. you know? So, like... That's probably what I'm going to do on Sunday or yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I don't I think d- there's any shame in like testing your material on friends. I think the only thing that I kind of do is it's kind of like some people, you know, are very conscious about like, oh, I got to make sure I don't wear the same outfit in front of the same person <laughs> twice. For me, jokes are like that where I'm like, right. I try to make sure I don't tell the same joke to the same person right. again. So I'll tell a joke to a person, see their reaction, very update true. the joke, very and then true. tell it to the next person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, the same same here. I, I've tried a couple of jokes with a couple of friends, and it's never the same joke. One of the hardest things about uh, comedy is the fact that, I, I, and I think Kevin Hart said it best, is like you, you can't, it's not like music, right? Like you can't, you can listen to a song over and yeah. over and over and over, and then like, oh, that's still a great song. You know, yeah. you can listen to it. When you hear a joke, it's like, one thing I worry about, and this is like me thinking very far in the future, like say you and I both get to our first special, uh-huh. comedy special that's on Netflix where they pay us $20 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many options now. There's Netflix, there's Crave, there's Disney, true. there's fucking Yahoo. Oh, shit, no, YouTube. not Yahoo, YouTube, yes. You, yeah, you, oh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, wh- what I think about is like, once you record it uh-huh. and send it out to the world, those jokes are done. You can never do them again. That's ever. why. Uh, 
You have to if continue. If you do a special, yes, you have to keep writing new material. But you also have to understand, you know, that like right now we're kind of at the beginning. So like even writing five minutes is hard. True. And um, but the more you do it, the better you get. That's true. And the more you develop your voice. So it's like you just have you just have to have faith that, you know, you're not going to like peak and burn out right away. Right. That, like right. your ability will develop. You will become better at identifying what are good opportunities right. for jokes, how you can make those jokes yours. And I think right. it's, I, I understand the fear that you have. And, you know, now comedians, um, like the big comedians are doing an hour special a year, which is really right. intense. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially when we're struggling to write like five, 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that's, it's just a skill. Like, these guys have been doing it for years. For years and so, lots like, of to expect that you can do it right away. And that's kind of a pressure that we all put on ourselves, right? Like, when I did my first class, I'm like, well, this has got to be viral video funny. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, that's so insane. Like, you can't yeah. think that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, um, I, I guess you have to get into a routine, right? Because obviously, when you have a set, you do the same set. Uh-huh. And you did, like we talked about earlier, depending on the audience, you you adjust it based on the people you're going to be presenting your your stuff to. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like sometimes it's just it's so so hard to like continuously be able to come up with new stuff to to try and try and try. You know, like yeah, it's it's hard, but like well, I think once you get comfortable. Um, I mean, you know what it feels like when you think you have a good idea, right? Yeah, I think absolutely. more of those feelings occur where, like, you'll have more passionate moments where you're like, oh, this yeah. is a good joke. Whereas now, like, there's a lot of self-doubt where right, you're like, okay, right. well, I already have my comfortable five minutes. Why am I going right. to write new shit that may suck? Like, I'll just right, stick to this. Right. So it's like, I think those are just, like, hurdles that you have to kind of build past. Yeah, but do you think it's like, because you and I, are, I, I think, are the same from this that we're just naturally funny people you know like we go out with a group of people and we're just having everybody having a good time you know and do you think it, doing comedy is easier because you are a naturally uh funny person around people or you think it's harder to like when you're trying to be funny like i i find that there's different comedians there's this comedians that are just naturally funny like they just have it in them it's just their talent mm-hmm. and there's our also comedians that are they're funny but they got to work a lot harder to try to make people laugh um well first of all i appreciate you saying that you think i'm naturally funny (laughs) Um, my writing style is very much not that um i kind of have like a almost obsessive nature where i'm like writing down constantly and editing and writing and editing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i just try to make my writing really confident um strong simply because I don't really have the natural confidence that I do amongst my friends when I get up on stage, mm, right? So I okay, want to make sure. Yeah. And so I can't really deliver that natural funniness that you speak of. So to be funny at all, I have to like mm-hmm. write incessantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Do you write? Um, are you like a uh, Jerry Seinfeld type of writer where you like sit down and you write the whole joke right then and there? Or are you more of a like a thought comes, you write it down, and then try to expand upon it later? I try to write um, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the vomit pass that I mentioned, like, if it's really flowing, I'll try to write it all down and mm-hmm. edit it later. Mm-hmm. But other times, and a lot, of, a lot more of the time, I'll have like a, you know, like a bit that I'm like, this could be funny. So like, I'll make a note of it, and then like, mm-hmm. 
because a lot of writing for me is like, you know, sometimes you're just sitting at a desk and you're supposed right. to write, and you're like, okay, this is my time to write, and you have nothing. So it's in in those moments important. It's important to go back to those like right. little snippets that you wrote earlier and just kind mm. of work those almost as if you're at the gym, just to be like, okay, right, yeah. You find it easier to write a joke when it just happens to come to you, as opposed to sitting down and saying, okay, I got to write five minutes of jokes right now. Um, I don't set myself targets like that. So like my targets right now are very like. Okay, like I'm going to sit down for half an hour and that's my half an hour of writing. Like mm-hmm. don't look at your fucking phone. Don't do mm-hmm. any of that mm-hmm. crap. Um, and then, you know, it's important to do, set the time right. to do it. Right. Um, if you set the pressure to be like, hey, I'm going to write for half an hour and I better have one joke. Right. That, to me, that adds level of pressure that makes my writing shittier. Right. And it makes me not enjoy the process. So it's like... I'm doing this at the end of the day because it's something that I enjoy and then it's a shared joy, right? Like I enjoy doing it and hopefully people enjoy listening to right, it. Right. So if I remove my own personal joy, then I'm, it's just like a job again. Like what's the, what's the point? Like Very why true. Would I, Very true. You got you to gotta let yourself be, you got to be lenient enough on yourself to right. like enjoy it. Right. Because right. otherwise your work will suffer too. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. So uh, when did you first know? And I, I've known you I, I think we've known each other since I moved to Toronto mm-hmm. a good four years now. Yeah. And I think you were always trying to do the comedy since then. But when did you know that that was something you had a talent for and that you wanted to strive to do? Um, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I wanted to be an actor just because I wanted to be famous. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, now I think about this a lot and I, you know, my dad was a funny guy when we were growing up and, you know, um, so that was always part of it. Um, I didn't really think about doing comedy until, you know, I, I after university, I moved back home with my parents mm-hmm. and I was living at home. Uh, and then I moved to Toronto to live on my own. Like mm-hmm. I had roommates, but like on my own kind of right. like as an adult. And that's kind of the first time where I started thinking like, okay, like, not because it was not something that I actively decided to do, but it's, I started thinking like, what is life? Like, what mm-hmm. am I good at? And mm-hmm. kind of exploring more unconventional thoughts. And mm-hmm. I would say this is like 2013, 14 ish. Okay. When okay. Uh, I started thinking like, okay, maybe this is something I could do. And then I took a class, um, at second city. Um, which I heard those are very good classes at second city actually. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty I, good. I've thought about taking one myself, but for uh, stand up or for improv? Well, I took a, um, I actually took like a, a one off improv class at okay. um, Second City. Mm-hmm. And then my friend, she ended up taking um, like a whole set, but she's more trying to do public speaking, right? Like mm-hmm. for her, it was trying to be more comfortable doing. Uh, public speaking, but what, she's one of those people though that also suffers. I won't. I don't want to say suffers, but like she over prepares. Right. She tries to over prepare. So in right. her, over- which is also a thing in comedy, apparently. Yeah, really. Because like if you over prepare, you're trying to hit like every single word, and it right, makes it very right. unnatural. Right. So it's like right. weird. To, that was one of the weird things for me to deal with too. Because like you know, I'm a business student. Um, right. Had a business job, and like <laughs> your objective whenever you're presenting in that kind of environment is like don't fuck up so that people laugh at you. Right. And now you're kind of in this reverse situation where you're like, fuck up. So people, people laugh, laugh at you. At you. Yeah. 
It's like this weird thing to wrap your head around. Yeah, I, I know. So, um, yeah, so Second City is like, I haven't taken a class, but I, I, I feel like I've had friends watch me. Like, I think I sent you the video, and then I've yeah. had a couple of friends come to see my shows, and mm-hmm. they're like, man, you have like natural stage presence, right? right? Like, you have the delivery is just good. I think even you said, like, mm-hmm. your delivery, delivery was better than I expected, not because, you know, not because I don't expect you to be good, but just because, like, I am... Um, it's hard, man. No, it is. It's very hard. <laughs> and you, I don't know if you could tell, but I was nervous as fuck up there, No, man. that's the thing. Like, you didn't seem nervous. That's what surprised me. Like, usually, like, for me, I feel very nervous. So it's like I deliver the lines that I'm supposed to deliver, right. but, like, not, like, very organically. But you seemed organic, which surprised me. Well, I didn't... You want to know the truth, man? I wrote none of that shit down. Mm. I, I, like I I didn't even record... Sorry, uh, that's a lie. I didn't write it out as how I presented it. Mm-hmm. I wrote it out as like a thought. Right. Right. And then I wrote it and like, okay, I want to hit on this. Mm-hmm. Or I want to hit on this. And then actually one of the jokes I did, which didn't end up in a recording, I instantly, I instantly thought of at that time, at that moment. Right. You know, and... Um, but it's good that you had the confidence to do it then. Because sometimes I'll think of jokes like right before a set, like some other comic will go up, say something, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make fun of that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then yeah. I'm like, I get up there, I'm like, oh, okay, no, I'm just going to do the things that I prepared. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just got to go out there and do it, man. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, just yeah. just, just uh, go with the crowd. But you, I, I think that, um, so I think my issue, so I think the delivery thing I, I can have, the, I have mm-hmm. stage presence. And, and this is not because I think I'm just that good. I just, this is from people telling me that. Yeah. What I don't, believe i have is how to properly craft a joke right how to, how to properly write a joke right. to where especially if you're telling a story where it has a, a beginning a middle and an end and then a punchline mm-hmm. you know like i i have no idea how to do but that. that's learnable it's very true yeah. it is very is it's learnable yeah but the thing is like when am i gonna have the time to to learn like i, I don't plan on taking any comedy classes just to learn yeah. how to write a joke because I, uh, well, then you have to teach yourself. <laughs> well, then I'm gonna have to Google the shit out of it, you know. Uh, yeah, so, maybe what, you could I mean, Google it. Would yeah. you say that's something you benefited from taking? Uh, how many comedy classes did you take? I've taken three now. Okay. Yeah. And were they are they different levels? Is it like beginner, advanced? And, it's. I mean, they were essentially the same to me, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, did you come to a point where you felt like I've already learned this shit and now I'm I need to just go apply it? Yeah, that's why I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't really teach comedy per se, right? Like how you write jokes, how you edit them, how you deliver them. It's all like a very personal experience. Very true. So it's like the class essentially just gives you an environment where you're you're on a schedule, which is, you know, as I said, like that's what you need because otherwise you're going to make excuses and not do it. To not work on it. But when you take a class, you're... Yeah, Your motivation you, is that you money, have to I take have to fucking, right. I have to do this shit. Right, yeah. right. Because even, even when I had the class, like, every week I'd be like, I don't want to do this. I didn't prepare. I don't want to go. But then I'm like, you paid the money. Like, right. you got to go, fuck it up, and then the shame will make you do a better job next week. Right, but, like, right. the option of being like, I don't feel like it today. Like, that kind of goes, for me at least, because I'm a cheap brown guy. <laughs> it goes away. So, like, I'm like, all right, fine. You paid the money. You got to do this. Like, I don't care if you fuck up. Just... You have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a bit of more of a supportive environment, too, because you're, like, with the same people every week. Mm. So they kind of know you. They kind of mm. give you 
comments on your jokes and stuff like that. So it's a yeah. little bit easier than just going out into an open mic and doing it. Right. Potentially. Right. But, uh, yeah. I think you said to me once, I think this was you. If it wasn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that sometimes you just got to um, accept when you fuck up. Yeah. Because sometimes great jokes come from That's you true. fucking up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And have you experienced anything where you did on stage and you're like, yo, I fucked that up. But I know you told me something about the, you're, you have a joke about the 70 virgins. Yeah. And yeah, somebody yeah. corrected you. Somebody <laughs> corrected me about the joke. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, um, for me, usually it's like, because I, I'm, I, I don't really, like people think I'm confident, but you know, I, I, internally I'm not. So mm. for me, it's a lot of, um, sometimes I'll get a big laugh mm-hmm. and then like I will get so excited by the laugh that I just forget what the, the hell rest I was of your saying jokes. and yeah. I'm just like standing there still <laughs> and uh, in, in, in those moments to try and help myself remember I'll usually say some random shit right? and right. Uh, I'll get laughs for that and that to me feels really good because you know I mean I, I just don't want to be that guy that like pulls out a thing from his like pants and like starts looking at like okay this, yeah. this is the next yeah. I never want to do that uh, unless it's an open mic where I kind of like let myself go and and, and do that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you know yeah realizing that yeah life doesn't end if something bad happens. Is, That's true. Is because it's only five minutes if you think about it. It's five minutes. It's nothing. That's that's true. And depending on how good at you are, um, yeah. I don't know. When I did Yuck Yucks, I I not that I was paying attention. I probably was too nervous to pay attention. I never seen them give me the red light. Uh-huh, yeah. I got off the yeah. stage because I was like, that's all the shit I got right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just have learn that stuff, right, over time. Like, yeah, yeah, you learn it, you yeah. know. Uh, um, and then, obviously, you could be, you could be worse. Yeah. But I, I feel like the worst feeling, though, is to actually think you're funny, mm-hmm. go on stage, tell a joke, and then you just get dead silence. I feel like that's the you worst thing. You see that all thing. the time, man. That? This is true, you do. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of shows, you know. Yeah. Um, but I... Like, even Yuck Yucks, like, uh, have you been to Yuck Yucks? Like, have you been to an amateur night yet? I have, yeah. Yeah, so even when I did Yuck Yucks on their website, they were like, um, come to a show. If you haven't done a show yet, come to a show first mm-hmm. to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. My my friends and I, we we did that. And they were pretty bad, man. <laughs> the people up there were pretty bad. Uh-huh. And so I was like... Oh yeah, and I think that's also a problem of mine. Is like I see somebody doing something shitty, uh-huh. and I just instantly think like I could do that if they can do it shitty. I can do it way better uh-huh. than they do it, uh-huh. right? And then when when you go up there, it's like whoa, yeah, it's humbling. It, yeah, it's, it's like, humbling. <laughs> like you 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 feel bad for the people that do bad because the shit is not hard, man. I mean, and I mean, you could be hard. a good Sorry. joke writer, and just because you're nervous, like the way you deliver the joke, could you could be off. You could yeah. seem like you're bad, even though you're actually yeah. not bad. Yeah, and it depends mm-hmm. on the, like I said, depends on the audience and everything, man. So yeah, when um, when did you do? When was your first show? Like first open mic? When was that? Where was it? At? Oh my god, um, the first time I did it, um. I went to, it was like a, it was not even, it was an open mic, but it was, uh, it was a different, this is before I did any classes. Um, um, they had this like picture and they would put like cues into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when it's your turn, you go up, you take out a cue. So it was random or, uh, the order. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think the order the order might not have been random, but like you pick a cue and you try to like riff on the cue that you mm. picked out. And um, I was doing that and making some random jokes, and I was kind of like sad at the time. Like I was not <laughs> in a good emotional spot. Man, what was uh, going on, man? Was... Yeah, shit happens, you know. And uh, <laughs> I got a laugh, and it was the first laugh that I got, and it wasn't like a huge laugh, but like mm-hmm. people chuckled, and I was like. Oh my god! <laughs> and suddenly, like not sad at all, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? This, this, this might be something. I might be mm-hmm. onto something here, and um, that's when I kind of like kept my ear to the ground a bit more, and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, like if I were to really do this ridiculous thing, like how would I go about doing it? And then, kind of years after that, now I'm kind of in the spot where I'm like, all right, like maybe. So when was that? When? When? Yeah, did... this was a long time ago. This was before 2015, like 2014. Damn, really? Ish. Yeah, yeah. And you, what made you decide to do it? Were you like, I'm going to try it? Did somebody convince you? Did That's somebody- a good question. Um, you know, Joe Rogan has been a big influence in my life. Um, I don't All know. of ours? Yeah. I don't Podcast. Know, yeah. I don't know why at this time in my, like, I think one of my friends introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it was specifically about Joe Rogan that was made it? me think like, oh, I could, I should try doing this, but. Sorry, was it, the, they introduced you to his comedy or the podcast? A bit of both. So like okay. the comedy and then from there I kind of got into the podcast and then, uh, He's just a cool guy, you know. I think he's very humble and that he's very openly admits that he's not a special guy. He's just some dude. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know what? That makes sense. And that, that's the first time where I kind of started looking at it in 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 the sense that, you know, you know, you want to believe that you're special. Yeah. I just changed, <laughs> no, we are. I, I changed my mindset to be like, nobody's special. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, instead of being like, please God, let me be special. It's like, you just recognize that no one is special. And that kind of gives you the motivation to be like, okay, these guys are not special. They're just yeah. working really hard. Yeah. Um, anyone can work really hard. That's so, true. That's yeah. true. Rather than like praying to be special. Yeah, which, that's true. You know, that's true. <laughs> which doesn't require a lot of work. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of sit there and hope. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, um, do you watch other comedians, man? Um, and to, to like, just to see how like how they deliver, how how long they may take to 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 tell a joke. Like if it's, it's you know, there's there's a few different types of joke. One of the most popular ones are like story jokes, where there's a story, there's a lead up, and then mm-hmm. a lot of times a a, uh, a comedian will mention something, and then ten minutes later they'll come back to that thought for the punchline of a completely different joke. Like, yeah. do you watch com- comedians to? to like gauge that kind of stuff when doing your own comedy? Yeah, I mean, there was a while where I kind of had stopped watching comedy because I was like, I didn't want to accidentally be influenced by somebody or something right, like that, right. um, which is, it makes sense, but I think it's kind of ridiculous. Like you have to watch others who are better than you to learn, um, which I do do now. And it's kind of made comedy a little bit less funny for me, unfortunately, because yeah. I, I look at it very, as a student now, I'm like, okay, like this is where this is going. Like, okay, this is where the punchline is going to be. And it's yeah. kind of, I'm much yeah. more like methodical about yeah, my, my yeah. watching of comedy. Um, do you think that's something that just naturally happens to you as a comedian or do you think the classes influenced you um, to think like that more? Uh, I think right now because I'm such a beginner, I'm just very critical because I'm right. just like, okay, how? what can I take away from this? How can I implement it into my own set? But once I think I've become more confident and comfortable that... I can once again appreciate other people's comedy true, for what true. it is. Um, but, uh, and yeah. Because the reason I ask you that is because I find that I'm the same way, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I am very critical of other comedians' jokes, which 
I don't even have the place to be critical, mm-hmm. um, at, especially at the level I'm at of only doing two or three shows, getting right. two or three shows under my belt. But I, I find that I, I don't laugh as much at some comedians. Right. And some like when you're funny, you're like mm-hmm. funny as fuck to me. Like mm-hmm. one of the one of the comedians I think is hilarious is Ali Wong. Yeah. Like I think she's hilarious, mm-hmm. right? Then I tried to watch um Ken Ken Jong mm-hmm. the other day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's had a couple of funny things, but like overall I wasn't feeling it. I think yeah. right now a lot of you know being a comedian. Let me, let me be, take that name out. Let me take that out. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I think right now a lot of what I'm realizing about being a comedian is it's a lot of uh, building your own brand. Right, yeah. you have to find your own voice, kind of figure out what is it that makes you funny. What are the jokes that are yours? Who is your audience, and how do you? Um, kind of attract that audience? How do you keep them engaged to your material? Um, I think there's obviously a desire as a comedian to have the sort of mass appeal that everyone will like you. But right. I think that's kind of silly. Um, and, you know, as I've started doing this now, I've kind of reevaluated my goals as well as a comedian. Like before, you know, you want to be, you know, the next whatever, mm-hmm. um, Bill Burr or whatever famous right. comedian, you want to be super rich and famous. But now I'm like, okay, if I can make a living and survive doing comedy, even if I make less than if I work a nine to five, mm-hmm. like at least I can survive and right. I can, you know, do something that I love. That's worth more than just money. Right. So I've like really reevaluated my goals and kind of taken some of the pressure off. Cause yeah, trying to be viral video funny is a good goal to have, but like in the beginning, you know, you just want to survive and keep right, doing right. what you're doing so you can get better. How often do you come up with jokes? Does it or like is it something like maybe nothing will come to you uh, for a day or so, and then maybe you'll go out, something happens, and you're like, oh man, I just thought of so much shit. This is that's this is the part that I'm kind of struggling with now. Is like a finding my voice, and then b. I mean, I think maybe you're like this as well, but like I find that it's hard to focus on one thing, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was doing comedy and then I was doing a podcast before too. Right, and then right. it's like, okay, like I want to do photography too. I want right. to do writing too. And it's just like, at what point do you decide like you're really Which just trying to do focused. too many things? Right, like, is right. it okay to do all these things? Or are you right. just like diverting attention from the one main thing? Like that's kind of the area that I'm trying to figure out now is like how, like, how do these things complement each other right. and make each other better rather than like just distracting from each other yeah i think that's definitely an issue for me absolutely because i find myself to be a person that has a lot of talents Mm -hmm. and wants to be so humble (laughs) 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 and and like wants to be good at all of them right Uh uh oh i can do comedy i'm i I think i'm good at that and if i practice more i'm good at that Mm -hmm. i'm a good writer right Uh, i'm good at that now i have a podcast you know and um even though it's not as consistent as I would like it to be, soon mm-hmm. that will be happening. Mm-hmm. But like people have told me, like you're really good mm-hmm. at podcasts, and that's not even something that I even knew that I would be good at. You know, like no, you must have known at some level. Otherwise, why the fuck no, would you have done it? No idea, man. Like it literally was like um, I was trying to do. I, I was going to networking events a lot, right? Yeah, and then there's one girl that uh, I was was a friend with, a friend of mine. Um. 
she was like, oh, you could do this stuff because, like, mm-hmm. people love you. People enjoy interacting with you. Everybody knows you when you come to these things. You should do these things. So I was like, okay. And so um, I was like, I, I, I wrote a, I, um, like a, um, one of those uh, pro- proposals and everything. And then I called it Young Pros Talk. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to start off as, like, networking events. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's just too much, right? Like, mm-hmm. it costs money and just... I'm not big on events planning and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. and then the idea came to me. It was like, yo, why don't we just start as a podcast right. where we could talk to all of these different professionals and in different industries that are very underrepresented, mm-hmm. and um, do that. And that's right. that's how I started, man. And I literally had no idea. I, you know, it's funny. It's now like I researched. I researched so much shit about doing podcasts. Like, okay. What, what that's good t- though type of equipment to use yeah. like like uh where to record it blah 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 mm-hmm. where to host it and stuff like that and now from me having that me taking the time to research it man so many people have asked me to teach them how to do podcasts that's good yeah which is, which is crazy i never thought that was that was never a goal of mine was to like learn this skill uh-huh. to teach others how to do but it but that's a good thing right like ha- it, having to teach others how to do something that you're good at yeah. actually makes you better at that thing as well. Very true. Because Be- you have to like condense it into something that's like understandable for someone. And yeah. Well, you have to find a methodology in how you teach that, that technique or whatever it is to, to people. Right. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm getting to that. And do you feel like that with comedy though? Do you feel like you're at a place where you can teach certain people how to do comedy or do you feel like, no, you got to get more shows under your belt you got to do this Netflix special for $20 million. And then mm, for me, like, um, I don't try to push other people into doing comedy. For me, it's very much like comedy is my passion. So I'm like, I'm doing it. Uh, if I see people who are my friends or people that I care about who are struggling with trying to make difficult decisions in their lives, um, I try to use myself as an example to be like, hey, listen, like these problems that you're facing aren't that big. Like it's fine. Like you just need to take it one step at a time. So it's more of like a, I try to motivate people to live the lives, live their best selves if I can. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be comedy. I think people are just nervous in general. Yeah, so that's like, true about yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So one of the big things that tends to happen to a lot of comedians uh-huh. are hecklers yeah you haven't come across any hecklers thank yet. god no I, I i haven't really had any hecklers yet um, have you have you thought about because this is something i have thought about have you thought about how you would handle a heckler if you were to get one i have but like i'm like absolutely certain that it you know if it were to happen like all that would go completely out the window um yeah because yeah. like I mean, I'm nervous enough on stage. Like, I can't even remember my actual jokes sometimes. So, like, yeah, to true, be like, true, hey, true. this guy's like saying things at me and I'm going to be so smooth and give it right back to him. Like, I just, you know, I have the ideas of like, if I were to get heckled, this is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. If, if it ever, God forbid, happens, I'm sure it will happen eventually. Um, you know what you should do? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've thought about this a lot, man, because I don't know why I imagine that my black ass would get heckled uh-huh. for <laughs> doing comedy. Uh-huh. I've always, I've thought that I would be like, oh, hey, we have a heckler. Uh-huh. Um, and then I would bring them to the stage. And then, Can't do that, man. And then 
asked them to just huckle me on the stage. Oh God! Because in my mind, I figured, you know, and this is these are things that I've thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured you want to be, you want the attention, like just come up on the stage and do this shit, you know. And then, I feel like that's the equivalent of uh, getting up and saying, uh, "I'm not funny." <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what this fucking person is gonna say. Like, uh, I don't know. I would if there's any starting comedians out there listening to this. Do not do that. I highly recommend against it. <laughs> uh, do you um? Do you worry? And I'll tell you a story uh, in a second. Do you ever worry about um? Maybe creating the same joke that another comedian came up with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do worry about that. Um, you just got to be honest. Like, if it like sometimes that is a thing that just happens. Like, yeah. you know, especially if you're following the news cycle or something like that, people can naturally come to the same joke. Right. Um, in which case, you know, just stop telling the joke. That's true. I've yeah. had I've I I did this joke that I can't do anymore uh-huh. because I went right. to a comedy show, and this comedian did this uh-huh. joke. Um, Which is fine. I mean, I think at, the, at 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 our level, you just have to take it as a compliment, right? Yeah. It's well, like, hey, this person who is a more experienced writer slash joke teller thought is about telling the a same joke, joke that I'm telling. You, instead of, I, I understand that like jokes are so hard come by that like uh, you know it feels shitty. It's like, oh fuck, I wrote a joke yeah. and someone else is telling that joke. But yeah, just take it as a compliment. Well. You know, it's good. Actually, when I what I thought about when um, I seen this comedian tell this joke, mm-hmm. first of all, there was no way that he knew I had wrote that joke. Yeah, you yeah. Know, because I had did it like a year prior, mm-hmm. and um, nobody recorded. At least I thought, mm-hmm. you know. But this person is a very big comedian, very famous, mm-hmm. and so what it told me was, "Hey, you can actually do this shit." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you can actually. You came up with a joke that. Another comedian that's much more famous than you, uh-huh. as in just famous in uh-huh. general, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? You could do the joke, and it's always like, what's what's holding you back? You know? Do you know the answer to that question? No, I don't have an answer to that shit, man. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer, man. Because I, that I, is the question. That's you know, the main I, I, question. I'm gonna I'm tell you what. I, I, I'm gonna be completely honest, man. Uh-huh. I, I just wimp out every time. Like you gotta, I, I, I mean, I, well, I'm the same way. You just gotta, like, you just gotta take away the safety net because then you can't wimp out. You just have to do it, and that's like, kind of where I'm at. I, now. I'll, I'll make an, an excuse. Like a couple of weeks ago, you were like, "Yo, let's do the social capital," mm-hmm. and I was like, initially, I was like, "Yeah, I'm down," and then I was like, "Actually, I'm tired as fuck." Yeah. And um, that was my excuse was that I was tired. When realistically, realistically, I. I should have went up and, and just did the shit. Well, you got to think about it. It's not about... So, like, Jerry Seinfeld kind of says this. Like, if he only performed when he wanted to perform, he would do, like... He would have done, like, only a handful of sets ever. Yeah, you, you just have to understand that, like... For me, comedy is, you know... I'm sharing my experiences, but it's not about me. It's about the audience. I'm trying to make them laugh. I'm trying mm-hmm. to make them forget about their troubles. I'm trying to make them have a good time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it is for me. So you just got to go up there and, you know, remember that it's not about you. It's about you trying to make these other people have a good time. So it's like, if you think about about it as kind of like a selfless thing, it's you kind of a little bit more get over the fact that, you know, I, I, I don't feel I'm tired. I don't want to do it. True, it's like true. It's, I'm tired, but they're here. So yeah. like you got to do it for them. 
Are you um? Do you usually invite your friends and family to no. your? Never. <laughs> I mean, to me, like. There's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, it makes me more nervous to have people that I know in the audience. That's very true. A lot of times, people who aren't comedians don't understand that. They're like, I'll laugh really loud. I'm so supportive. I'm right. like, yes, but I care what you think. <laughs> right. <laughs> Strangers, I don't necessarily give a fuck what they think. Like, I do. I want them to laugh, but I'm not going to go home and be like, oh, my God, Red hated my set. Like, <laughs> shit. I hope he's still going to be friends with me. <laughs> also, I feel like you, you have to deal with the fact that friends are going to be friends, so they're going to probably tease you about the shit. Yeah. Later yeah, on, yeah, you know, yeah. which they should, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, fuck, I don't want to hear about this this yeah. joke that I, I, I fucked up on. Yeah. You know. Well, when, so now, like, so when you're starting out in comedy, um, a lot of the spots that you get are bringer spots, mm-hmm. which is basically like bring a friend and you get to go up type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of try to space out my friends, whereas like I'll take one. Because like I'm like okay, this is my my friends are my currency now. So I'll take mm-hmm. one friend to this show, and I right. get to do the show. And then next week I'll bring in a different friend. Because I also don't want to subject my friends to <clears throat> yeah. listening to the same jokes over and over right. again. So right. I'll like make one friend listen to it, improve it a little bit, make a next friend listen to it. So this th- my friends kind of become mm-hmm. inadvertently part of the editing process. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, this is better. Like what? Yeah. So like you, I kind of use them that way. Not use them. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> do you find it better to invite the friends who are actually um, also trying to do stand-up comedy? Um, I have no shame in inviting people who are also doing stand-up comedy. Mm. So like I'll make them listen to my same jokes thousands right, of times right. and I don't give a fuck. Because, I mean, I, I would do the same for them. I'm just like, you right. know, like we're kind of in the business, so it's fine. Like I don't feel guilty yeah, about yeah. making you watch me and, you know, I won't guilt you for making me yeah, watch I, you. I've, I've seen you a couple of times mm-hmm. and... You've never seen me live, actually. You've only seen the uh, yeah, 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 the video yeah. Um, that I did. But mm-hmm. I, I find that uh, I well, you never told me when you did the yuck yucks thing. You know what, man? That's <laughs> true. I didn't tell a lot of people I was yeah. doing that shit, man. Um, I told, I told, who did I tell, man? You know, you told someone. Someone recorded you. My friend did come and record me. He did, uh-huh. <laughs> and so like I was. Um, same thing though. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to invite my friends because of that same thing. Like I, it, it'll make me more nervous. Yeah, you know, to have to. People don't get that. But also, especially because the friends I invite really support me. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Like and so like they're gonna be critical in a good way. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes you're like. I don't want criticism. I just want to be done with it. Even though you need the criticism, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good to hear. And my friends tell me really good. They give me really good criticism on, on the comedy I have. And I yeah. touch jokes with them and they tell me, uh-huh. nah. I mean, I remember the first time I came to you when I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do comedy. It was a few years ago. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you remember, I, I, I thought I had this joke about making it rain in a club in uh-huh. Canada, making it rainbow. Uh-huh. And you were like... <laughs> <laughs> And you were like, mm, <laughs> well, you got to remember that's just my opinion too, right? Like, you have to ask your friends for opinions because, like, I, like, like I said, you're kind of a brand as a mm-hmm. comedian. So, like, your friends are a good reflection of who your audience would be. Mm-hmm. I think so. You want their opinion definitely because then you know, like, okay, like the people that I associate with, mm-hmm. do they find this type of stuff funny? Um, but you have to recognize that you know. One person might find it funny. One person might not find it. That's funny. true. So you gotta, that's true. You got to test with multiple people. I think. Yeah, you have to. I guess one of the thing that's a hard thing for me, man, because I'm always about pleasing people. I guess is yeah. that you can't please everybody. You know. Yeah, what, but you have one, to accept that. 
It's so I, hard to accept. Like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's yeah. a hard thing to accept that, yeah. like, ten- like, I want to be funny as fuck to everybody. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but. So, um, do you have a go-to bit that you think is, like, always going to work, always works, has been your funniest bit that you uh, use in a show? Um, I have five minutes now that I'm fairly confident about. I have, like, additional materials that I like, but I'm less confident about. Um, but in any set, I think, you know, there is material that, um, I think like is actually good. Mm-hmm. And then there's mm-hmm. material that's like kind of filler where I'm like, it's funny, right. but it's not like, it's not like amazing. Funny. It's just trying to move yeah. it along. Just yeah, to move it yeah, along. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> how long does it usually take you to prepare for a, a joke or a set? You know, like, do you have anything like for me, sometimes I'm like, if I'm going to do a set, I kind of prepare the same if yeah. I'm going to use it because I'm, I'm going to use. So basically, I feel like it's like um, comedy is like trial and error. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you use this shit that works and then you try and you throw new shit in there to see if it works. And if it works, you keep it in your uh, pile of shit to continuously use. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, then you take it out mm-hmm. or you try to refine it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how long does it take you to prepare to find that one to pre- to uh, Sorry. How long does it take you to prepare to do a set and then do you use that same set in all of your shows? Oh, man. That's hard to answer. <laughs> like, I, I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest, because it, like, changes. Um, a lot of the times I'll write something and I feel super passionate about it and then mm-hmm. it sucks. Right. And then something right. that I wrote, like, just as a passing thought, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's actually funny. And So mm-hmm. the whole, I think... The whole discovering your voice and writing process is something that takes years to discover. Yeah. Um, I was watching this thing with Judd Apatow, and he says, like, he, he had a lot of mentors and stuff, and they told mm-hmm. him, like, mm-hmm. it's going to take you seven years. Wow. And once I heard that, I was like, okay. Because, like, I was really stressing out about, like... It taking that long to... I just didn't even know. I thought I should be there already. Ah, I see, I see, yeah. yeah, yeah. So to hear that it takes, like, multiple, multiple years is, like, comforting to hear because then it's, like, you know, like, it's a process. Like, learning yeah. how yeah. to discover your voice and speak to that voice is, yeah, it's something that you have to learn. It's not something that you're born with. Like, you might be born with an inclination, right. um, but it's it's a journey of discovery. You're not going to be good right away. It, your process true, will change. true. Like, in the beginning, I used to write a lot of jokes that I thought were politically sarcastic mm-hmm. commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've changed that completely. Now I write more personal jokes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with which are just personal, embarrassing anecdotes with, like, some degree of, like, political commentary in right. there. But they're more personal stories. And right. people like those more. And the thing that you were talking about earlier about, you know, worrying about someone else writing the same joke, there's mm-hmm. much less chance of someone else writing the same joke when if it's, it's a joke about you personally. Or a situation that happened to you. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Um, situational jokes tend to be the ones that, like, maybe somebody has had the same experience. Maybe somebody can relate to the experience, but they didn't have right. necessarily the same experience. Exactly, that you exactly. So since you've um, gone on this journey to be the next comedian up, uh-huh, uh-huh. how many shows have you done since... Um, Resigning from your job, man. Uh, I've done a few shows. I've done a bunch of open mics. Um, Now I'm trying to network, essentially. So, like, go to other people's shows, kind of show face, like, talk to Mm -hmm. them just so that I can get onto their shows. And it's just 
all of this is just total learning. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I never realized, well, I mean, I had an idea that I would have to, you know, start networking and talking to other people mm-hmm. to get onto their shows, but now I'm actually having to do it, kind of live right. and see kind of how that works and kind of how slow the process is or how fast it is or what I can do to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Are you, um, do, do comedians, some, they have agents, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked into that yet. I think it's too just, soon. You think it's too soon? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You probably have to send a video or something. Or I video. guess so, yeah, yeah. But I seen that you, um, you were doing CBC's uh, Comedy Next Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did that go, man? How, how was, what was it the was process? It was super fun exercise. Um, it's like, you know, it's like I, when I quit my job, I didn't really have a plan right. of like what the hell I was going to do. I just knew like, okay, this is the amount of time that I have in terms of the money that I have. And um, so to get into that was a good ego, not ego boost, but it was a good like um, comforting thing where it was like, you know, like, okay, so people do think I'm funny. It's not like, you know, just the one. It's not hit. all in your head. Yeah, yeah it's not all in my head. Um, and then, um, the challenges that they made us do were really, were an important learning activity because it's like, you know, they tell you, um, write a joke about this and then you have to do it. Um, and they, you have a timeline. So it's very, it really taught me to accept that you have to try your best, even if your best is shit. Because yeah. your best will get better along That's the true. way. That's true. And you can't just be like, well, this, this isn't good enough. Um, I'm just not going to do it. Because I'm like, well, right, I'm in this competition. Right. If I don't do it, it's like I'm just fucking myself over. Right, right. So it was very much like, okay, I'm going to do the best that I can. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not good enough. And it wasn't because I didn't get anywhere. <laughs> but um, that's fine. Because like, I still know in my personally that i gave it my best um yeah but it was a hard i, I wouldn't say it was a hard competition but i remember when you sent me the link to vote for you uh-huh. there were so many people yeah doing yeah. it i mean it was like it was a hundred people it was a hundred yeah um and it was just very difficult to filter through yeah, yeah because the way yeah. it was set up it was not like you could filter through region or through yeah. uh or but those are just things that i can't control right very I'm true like, well, very like, true this is just you know you just gotta suck it up. Like, Very true. There's no point in me complaining. It's just like, well, I'm I, I I consider myself so fortunate to even be in it at all that, uh, yeah, I just had to suck it up. <laughs> so, how many things did you have to do for that challenge? There were two challenges. So, the first one was we had to write a written text joke about commuting, mm-hmm. uh, and the second one was we had to make a 60 second video about the city that you live in, city or province or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you had to post it on social media, or yeah, yeah. Okay. So like the whole aspect of you know having to post it on social media really put a lot of pressure on it, on me because it's like, you know, it's your face. It's like right. you're like kind of putting yourself out there. So, um, I was happy with what I put out. I wouldn't say like I was amazed by it. Like I was like, it. I I had this internal feeling of like I wish I had done a better job, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. I couldn't have at that point. Yeah. Like, I, I did, feel like that's yeah. always the dilemma, right? Is like you always feel like you could have done better, even though you probably did good enough. Yeah, but it's like it, it was an important. It was important to learn that because, mm-hmm. like, you know, like we talked about earlier, we make excuses and then yeah. we flop and stuff like that. That's just a form of like perfectionism, right? Where you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, it's not good enough yet." Whereas right. with this, it was like. It doesn't matter. Yet is now. You have to do it. Yeah. So it's like kind of like kicking d- the ass. You're right. You're definitely right. Comedy is definitely not a 
a um, career of perfectionism. It Be- is. It is. But you have to accept that you have to keep going regardless of whether perfection like, has yet been achieved. Right. What, when, I, when I say by that, I mean like like everything you do is not going to be perfect. No. Right? No. And you have to that's, accept that's that. That's true everywhere, man. That's very true. Unless you're a scientist, in which case maybe it matters a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a life and death, right? yeah, but you have to yeah. be perfect, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, when I seen the challenge, I was like, oh, man, I didn't even know about this challenge. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was like, Vote, vote, vote. But I didn't realize, um, I think it was a numbers game, man. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, but it's a good experience to get yourself out there because it yeah, does, for sure. still gives you some visibility. Yeah. And I know? mean, like, it's like, you know, every, all my friends and family and whoever, like, kind of was, saw that I was doing this were all very supportive and, you know, encouraging. And that, that's important, you know, because, like, fuck, man, when you quit your job to be a comedian, you feel a little bit ridiculous. So when yeah. people are kind of like, you know, encouraging you and kind of saying nice things it's like it's 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 you know it's very comforting so what do you find do you have a thing that you tend to write jokes about the most for example i find that i tend to write a lot of jokes about my experience growing up in america to come into canada and living in toronto Uh you know is there anything that's yeah, like... Yeah, similar. So I, I, I'm trying to write a lot more jokes about being an immigrant and like, you know, mm. grasping my whole immigrant experience because, uh, yeah, I just had a troubled relationship with being an immigrant mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. now it's it's something that I kind of avoided. I almost pictured myself as a white guy my whole life. <laughs> and now I'm like... <laughs> Did you... That, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not working out well for yeah. you, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> So now it's like, you know, I have to like be like, okay, like now I can like more openly accept and reflect upon my past experiences and try mm-hmm. to like write jokes and stories about it and stuff like that. Yeah. You're, you're from, you're from Pakistan, right? Yeah. So do you find that it it's harder as a uh, Pakistani comedian trying to, because I mean, if you look at how many Pakistani comedians are there that are... Uh, there. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's lots. I mean, Kumail Nanjiani is my favorite one. He's uh, I don't know if you watch Silicon Valley, but he's on that. No, I don't watch any. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah I, I'm I sure think, there's others too. I I, mean, I don't want to name a few and then miss a lot. A lot but, of, yeah, because yeah. I always find that it's always important. Like when you want to do something, to see uh, visions of yourself doing that thing. Like, as yeah. a child, you know what yeah. I mean? When you're growing up as a kid, you know? Cause but I also fun- think, like, you know, um, comedy is something that's been dominated by the white man. <laughs> and now I think that's kind of changing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's important. I think the time is good for people like us to kind of be on yeah. the ground floor coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, we could wait. And then once other brown and black comedians yeah. are established, we can try to do do it then. Um but I think there's definitely a first mover advantage. Like you may yeah, as well yeah. get 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 in on the ground floor and make a name for yourself now rather than later when it's harder and there's more competition. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. Um it doesn't really bother me that I mean, even the few brown comedians that there are, I feel really self conscious. Like people used to compare me to Aziz and Sari. They're like, Oh my god, you sound just like him. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it used to piss me off. Like <laughs> It's a compliment, I get it, because, you know, he's obviously funny. I'm not denying that he's funny, but, like, you know, I want to be my own individual. You want to be yourself. compared to somebody else. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't care that there is not more. Um, 
It's my job to make their people to make more. their more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, let's go back to talking about your experience, man. Coming, you you were born in Pakistan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then moved to Toronto. Or, um, sorry, moved to Canada. I was in Pakistan until I was like 11, 12. Then my family moved to Saudi for a year. And then uh, we were in Oman for six to seven years. And then I moved to London, Ontario. Wow. Um, when I was 18. Yeah. So how, how did you, uh, how did your family end up coming to Canada? Like, um, well, man, like being, having a, oh, man, I feel bad for saying this, but having a Pakistani passport is pretty shit. It like really restricts oh, where you can travel to. Um, so we wanted to, we got uh, permanent residency in Canada. So we were okay, like, this good. makes more sense. Yeah. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think Canada is a great, great country, I think, to, for a lot of, a lot of immigrants. Yeah. In general, yeah, yeah. you know, as far as starting a f- f- fresh start. And um, I'm, I'm actually trying to do a, um, a, a portion of my, podcast is going to be talking to people who have immigrated from different countries and what that experience is like because it is it is a very it can be eye-opening to to move to anywhere you're not that's not like where you grew up in the first place because even me coming from detroit to toronto is just like mind blown every day you know like just catching a ttc like this shit is amazing Mm-hmm. You know, to hearing Canadian Torontonians say the TTC is shit. I'm like, what? This shit is great. You yeah, know? yeah. I definitely I mean, feel you on that. I'm from fucking <laughs> Pakistan. Like, so, you know, it's like it's it, it for something that somebody who lives here who have always experienced that. It's like this is the shittiest thing ever. Mm-hmm. To where I'm like, yo, you guys have subways that go here, and you can walk the city, and like yeah. the buses come when they're supposed to come, like. That shit's fucking amazing to me, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> They shovel the snow. <laughs> kidding me? You know, so In like... Pakistan, when it rains, the internet stops working. Or at least back really? when I was there. <laughs> it's like, hey, 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 I'm a fair weather worker. <laughs> so, man, I know it's just very... Uh, so now you've been here, what, uh, since you were... Tw- since like 2007. So like over a decade now, 12 years. So I imagine when you got... You're, you have a Canadian passport now, right? I do now, yeah. So I imagine when you got that passport, you were like, well, what was it like to even get your your citizenship, man? Like, what was that experience like to actually finally... Uh, it was a pain in the ass, man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah. I mean, like, it wasn't, like, difficult in, like, any... You have to get your passports translated, and if there's one... Like, it just takes years. Like, there wasn't any actual, mm. like hardship per se but you know the time that it takes takes a toll on you right because you're mm-hmm. like oh my god like am I, is this my home like am i do i belong right, here so right, like right. that kind of aspect was a bit difficult but um yeah you know eventually you get it and it's fine oh that's good man Glad yeah. you got to get just, <laughs> i haven't even got mine yet no well no. you're at least american yeah, but I true, but I mean that that American passport is not that valuable. <laughs> I mean, I feel passport. like it's becoming a little less valuable now. But yeah, but I mean, it's not valuable like the Canadian passport. Everybody yeah. tells me like you need to get your Canadian passport. You're not a Canadian until you get your Canadian passport. Well, that's like, like very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's go back to comedy, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> who are some of your like top? favorite comedians to watch like top five like as far as like just just their work ethic just their quality of jokes just the time they put in to like joe rogan 
for sure. Like I always bring him up uh, just because, you know, he kind of motivated me or at least was involved in helping motivate me to kind of become engaged in this path. Bill Burr, I think, is pretty funny. Um, yeah. Mark Marin is someone that I watched when I was younger. All of these guys have podcasts, right? Yeah. With the yeah, exception yeah. of... Oh, they all have podcasts. Uh, yeah. No, they all actually have podcasts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I haven't listened to Mark. Do you know uh, of him, though? I do. I yeah. do. His podcast is W2F. I like WTF. him because, yeah, I always wanted to... I always saw myself as a bitter, angry comic as mm-hmm. well. And I'm just like, how does he do it? Like, how does he have these stories and, you know... Yeah, he's he's one that I find pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, um, I have not watched Mark Maron. Maron, I always say Maron. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan, I listen to all the time, but Joe Rogan is more. It depends on who's on. Yeah, yeah. Um, his podcast is also one where it inspires me because of just. Like, his podcast is similar to what I want my podcast to be, uh-huh. to where you talk to all of these different people yeah. about different yeah. shit, and it's very yeah. interesting, you know? Uh-huh. So I really love it. Like, he'll have, like, a comedian, a few comedians on in a row, and then you have, like, this psychologist from the University of Texas, or this yeah. uh, anthropologist from, you know, Iceland or some shit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, yeah. and I think that that's kind of similar to how I wanted this podcast to be, because... Everybody's important, man, and I feel like mm-hmm. when you, and that's why I call it young pros talk because young professionals are in every, you know, profession. You know, it's just not people that do accounting or yeah. any, you know. We both, <laughs> I feel like we're almost the same person. Just one's brown, <laughs> one's black. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, yeah. I went to business school as well. Yeah, you know, and, and I work in a business job. Yeah. You know, so like, there are days where I'm looking at this shit and I'm like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like my talents, even though I'm good at my job, I'm very good at my job. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that's not where my talent lies, right? Like that's not where right. the, where it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Right? Is is is? And I mean, I think the important thing to learn in that situation is that you know you're in the fortunate situation where at least you have an inclination of what it is you might like to do if you weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people, man, they have no idea that's true. what they would do if they weren't doing that. And that's a way, way scarier um, situation to be in. That's very true. That's yeah. very true. I mean, and, yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, you meet people all the time. I mean, there are people who are like in their late 20s, 30s now. And yeah. like there are still people who have no idea what, what they want to do with their life. They have yeah. no idea what their talent is. Yeah. And it's not because maybe they just don't have any goals or anything. Just sometimes people don't know what they really love until later in life. And yeah. I think sometimes it's hard in society, man. Like, I have this issue all the time where, like, society tells you to be one way, mm-hmm. but then society always also tells you to be unique, you know? Yeah. So then you have to balance that uh, between that middle ground where, like, okay, I'm unique, but I also do this stuff like other people, too. Yeah. So, like... What should I do? You know? Like, I mean, just be yourself. I think life is a journey of self-discovery and self-awareness. I mean, just be honest with yourself about, you know, what it is that gets you to tick and try to follow that. And <laughs> Sorry. I just, there was... Redmond found a long hair on his microphone and got severely distracted. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, I completely lost my train of thought because of that, man. Sorry, you you were it's saying something. Uh, I have no idea what I'm saying either. <laughs> now. So comedy shows, man. You're doing comedy. What's what's the next show? You get, do we know? Do you uh, know? No, I don't know right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out like how to. Well, I have some material written that I'm, I need to fix slash improve. Like I've done it at a couple mics, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't prepare. As much yeah. as I should have, so like I and like I have material written to like edit mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. make it better. I just have been too distracted to do it, so now yeah. I have to do that. Let's do the social capital tomorrow, man. Yeah, I mean, if I get my shit done tonight slash yeah. tomorrow, then but like, yeah, I've only bombed twice on my new material. Not bombed, but like, I've gotten like chuckles and laughs. But I'm like, if I actually focus on this, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. make it good. So I'm, I'm like. I might just wait and properly do it and then go. Hey, man, it sounds like those excuses that... I know, I know, you're right, you're right. And, and you know, there, that's what I'm saying. There's like a balance between, you know, excuses and actual work. I don't yeah. know. It's it's weird. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> All right, Harris, man. Thanks for coming through. Yeah, man, it's been yeah, great. If, uh, if people want to learn more about you and doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that, where, where can they find you? Uh, I think the best place to find me is uh, my uh, Instagram, which is at Harry, is, that's H-A-R-I underscore Nadim, that's N-A-D-E-E-M. Um, yeah, that's where I post most of my stuff. If I decide to reroute my, like, people, I don't want to say fans, I don't really have fans, <laughs> yeah. uh, from there to my website or something. Prospects. I'll, yeah, Perspective, yeah, exactly. like it, it will be fans. on there. Yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, your next show is you doing a social capital with me tomorrow, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Unless one of us flops and the other one flops too. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to listen more or learn more about the podcast, you can look us up at youngprostalk.com. Check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at youngprostalk. And thanks for listening. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.